Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. Here I'm joined by an interesting soul for snacks and sometimes full-blown banquets, We share conversation and confessions, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hi there, smugglers. This is a really gorgeous episode with Ellie Pear, a food writer, restaurateur and internet sensation whose speciality is cooking with leftovers. You are in for such a treat if you're interested in really sexy ways of using food up, if you take joy in that or if you take stress in that but are looking for help and ideas and advice. There's even inspiring stuff in here about how to store and heat and reheat various bits and it's funny. I'm going to say it. This episode is an actual fucking treasure trove. Come on. First, I want you to know that I love you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for it. If you want this podcast to carry on, let alone improve, please may you tell a few other lads about it, either online or facially. I want to send a huge, huge thanks to my patrons. Without you, the podcast is no more. If you think you could be one of those, please may you have a little look into it. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. Lots of my patrons, for example, have just received a totally exclusive just for them sixth birthday special whole episode. A really, really funny one with Celia Abbey and Huge Davis. How cool is that? Some of them get early and ad free episodes and all of them get loads of exclusive content twice a month and discount tickets to live shows some of them get free tickets to live shows you can even end up with a credit on the show anyway enough on that but you get my gist if you have even two quid a month going spare that would be amazing Aside from the podcast, I need to make sure you're definitely coming to see my brand new show, Metal on Tour. It's only just begun and I'm having a lovely, lovely time. It's already sold out in Soho. I've had a great time playing to hundreds of people in Leicester. Andover was lovely. Bath sold out. Stormer. Reading sold out. Stormer. They've all been fun. Now, I'm off to Winchester next and then the rest of the UK and Ireland. Come and see it. Maybe in Dublin or Manchester or Birmingham or in March. I'm off to Scotland. Some places like Cardiff are already sold out, but I'm coming to Macfest in May if you're in Wales. There's a giant one at Leicester Square Theatre in June in London. Okay, basically, just look at the list, will you? And come to whichever one of the 50 plus dates is nearest to your house. I'd love that. You can download my last show, Wench, on £800 Gorilla now. And in the next few days, it will be streamable for free on YouTube. I'm in a very scared, very funny episode of World's Most Dangerous Roads on Dave, which is streamable now on UK TV Play. And get on my mailing list to keep in touch completely up to date and first to hear. My mailing list is the first to hear about anything, even firster than you lot hoovering listeners. So please do join my mailing list. Links to all the things I've just mentioned are in my podcast notes and in a link tree on my Instagram, at Jessica Fosterkew. Right, right, right. Finally, 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 let's have this bloody lush episode. 
Have you bought some sort of um, thing to eat? I'm never knowingly undercated. Are you ready? It's a three-course meal. <gasps> you legend. Oh, she's got a bed picnic. Yeah, of course I've got a bed she's picnic. She's not very well and she's got a bed picnic. What starters? Starters in this very hipster pot that I bought in Berlin. Very cool. Oh, I love those. Sweet potato, hummus and crudite, including oh. cauliflower stalk. Ooh. Yeah. And then um, in here, if I can open it. <laughs> it looks it. like the ashes of a relative in there. Is that mains? That's it. That's lunch. Uncle Peter. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> That is um, soup with chilli, crisp, crump, you know, oil. Oh, lovely. Smells amazing. Oh, yeah. And then in here is a slice of chocolate cake with a salted caramel and creme fraiche icing that I portioned up and froze. So this is today's Oh, my crumbs. I'm ready. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I asked what you're having to whoever I'm talking to and got to the point where my mouth is streaming, <laughs> which is great. You crack okay. on. Okay. I'll describe mine. I've got some beetroot and sweet potato that I had over prepared for a meal <laughs> a couple of evenings ago. I was making roshti with a load of root veg that needed eating up. And um, but you know, I always over once you grate stuff. How? Why does it? How does it grow? It grows. I had like I basically had a bucket of grated root veg and was like, "There's only three of us. One of them, one of them's eight. Three so, days later, we're still yeah. eating root veg. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, "Oh." So I won't grate up this sweet potato and whacked it instead with a beetroot in the air fryer. So that's from the fridge, and then with it there are some black-eyed beans and also some fava beans, fava mm-hmm. beans. And a nice, nice Chianti. Chianti. <laughs> Make made the same joke. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I bought a bunch of dried beans from a really cool company called Hodmadon who grow yeah. beans. It's big, you know them. So yeah. I soaked them overnight and was cooking them this morning to add to a big chilli I'm going to do at the weekend. But I thought, I'll have a few of them now. Just do it. Stick a bit of protein in there. That I've made. sounds like an incredibly high fibre lunch. Does it? It's going to be a good afternoon. Fireworks for me in the afternoon. Who knows? Good. A lot of roughage. A lot of roughage. I made a tahini dippy thing with... Nice. Add half a lime in the fridge. Squeezed a bit of that into some tahini and some sesame oil. And then pomegranates last for a long time, don't they? They do. Yeah. So I've chucked a few of seeds of that. Lovely. Pinch of bean sprouts and the bit, or well, a lot of it's inspired by you, but the bit that's very specifically inspired mm. by your brilliant Instagram is um, I've also grated a bit of frozen mozzarella. What? That. This is something I've never tried. I didn't know you could freeze cheese. Yeah, you can freeze cheese, but I've never tried grating frozen mozzarella. This is a whole new world. Someone bragged to me about grating frozen feta onto things. Yeah, mozzarella is a completely different thing, though. So I'm fascinated. Mm, nice. I used the fine grating side. Oh, the lesser known. Fine the lesser known side. fine grating side doesn't get enough of a run out that side of the grating. Doesn't does it? Right. Only when you can't find your zester. Exactly. <laughs> justice for small holes. Yeah, justice for small holes. Mm, I don't know if I want that as my catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. dear. Well, less than five minutes in and I've lowered the bar. I've absolutely <laughs> It was very low already, to be yeah. fair. Good, thank God. I'm so impressed by your cauliflower stalks. Yeah. I remember my family used to bully my mum for it's chomping actually, them. I think from memory, it's, like it's actually um, broccoli, not cauliflower. Ah. I was making something yesterday. This is a new project that I'm working on. Mm. I've been working really hard all week and I was using the cauliflower and the broccoli in as many different ways. That's not the whole project. That would be a a very specific project. But as part of this project, I was trying to find like different ways to use up the leaves and the florets and the stalk of the cauliflower and the florets and the stalk of the broccoli and everything. And I don't know if you've ever tried broccoli stalk on its own. It's incredibly Mm. sweet. 
mm. really nutty and delicious. I think it's and lush raw broccoli. So, and every time you do anything with like broccoli stalk or cauliflower leaves, you're basically getting way more bang for your buck because you've bought the vegetable anyway and you're getting a whole nother thing. Yeah. And they make really good coup de thai because mm. they're very crunchy, delicious and free. So come on. Yeah, what more could you ask for? And also, there are some bits of some things that I suppose you can't eat. But I think people think, oh, you're not meant to have that, like for mm. some sort of health reason. Yeah, I, I I, really do believe, and I wrote a ma- massive name drop. I wrote an article for The Guardian recently yeah. about uh, this very subject yeah. and about leftovers and food waste. And I truly believe that so much food waste is down to miseducation mm-hmm. or lack of education at all. And actually, pretty much everything that I've learned and, and know is because I've worked in hospitality since I was 17. I had to do my food hygiene exams. If everybody at school, rather than doing, I don't know, I actually don't know what like home ec or food technology or whatever is like in secondary schools these days, but I know what it was like in the 90s. Mm. And I know that I learned more in a one-hour online food yeah. hygiene exam than I did in, you know, a whole, uh, you know, years and years of food education at mm. school. And if people understand where the risks are, things like reheating stuff, the fear around yeah. like freezing things, yeah. um, the misunderstanding around best before and used by and the difference, what those mean, um, all of those things would lead to such a reduction in food waste if people just understood those more. And it yeah. doesn't take long to learn those things. I'm not saying everyone needs to go off and study for weeks. You can literally do the food hygiene exams online and learn about what temperature things need to be brought to to be safe and how yeah. long things can stay in the fridge, all that sort of stuff, which, yeah, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. But if you know that, you're going to save yourself money. It's literally a money save, apart from saving the planet. Yeah. It's a, it's a money thing. Yeah. I mean, that's you're so right. I, I stopped thinking about that, actually. I, I, or I forget to mention that as a motivator, but, like, it's just a really efficient and economical way to live. Like, you are going to save yourself a load of bucks. I'm constantly wanging on about the old planet, but happy on the purse as well, isn't it, really? And I think lockdown, that was one of those things that, like, obviously a horrendous time for so many reasons, mm. but a few good things did come out of it. And one of those things was people having to make do with what they had in the house because they couldn't get out, couldn't go shopping, couldn't, you know, supply chains were screwed. And so learning, like people who are fixed to a recipe, for example, like, oh, I haven't got any butter beans, so I couldn't make that recipe. But you had cannellini beans in the cupboard, you could yeah. swap them over. And people just building their confidence in making substitutions and swaps and stuff like that, which all, again, leads to um, confidence in the kitchen. It's how you learn. It's how you become a better cook. It reduces waste. It means that things, you know, cans and packets that have been in your cupboards for months, years, decades, if you're my mum, get get used up. So um, it's all good. It's great, isn't it? I feel like as well, very grateful to live in... Well, the irony is, I think, I had grandparents who were very good at living like that anyway because they were children in wars. Yeah. I feel like I had these amazing war baby nanas. Let's be honest, the granddads were a pile of shit. They did fuck all, but um, not in the wars, in the kitchen. Um, (laughs) But they were incredible at using everything up. They had you know, a proper brood of kids each that they all had to spread things throughout. They weren't, none of them were minted. So they, they were really good at being really careful. And they really, I think it is, well, anyway, we'll get into, I want to know the origin story of your passion about food waste. Mm. And because mine is one grand, both my grandmothers, but one in particular had a, an Austrian one and an English one, but the Austrian one was like extraordinary at using everything up and like bargain hunting for bargains in the mm. supermarket and like oh, no yeah. bone no bean on the inside of a tin left unused like every mm. scrap extraordinary and I live for it now we used to really bully her for it then but I've fully embodied that attitude now but it, what I was going to say is then they seem to spawn a generation, this is my experience, who didn't give a fuck. No. The boomers have, had, have had a long, slow... They're like the madmen generation where it's like, I finished my picnic, I'll just leave everything there in the field. Absolutely. Someone will come and clean that up. Oh. But, I mean, they're on the... My parents are on the... My dad isn't... My mum is on the journey now. But it's been a long old slog. The resistance even to just recycling is 
bonkers. It was also the first generation that embraced ready meals and convenience foods that just were not a thing for their parents. Yeah. And really embraced it, like went hell for leather with like anything that can save us time because we're busy people. Um, And it's actually taken, you know, I would say probably two generations to undo that and actually remember and relearn the joy and the money saving and the benefits of cooking from scratch. In fairness, there's probably an element of being the first generation where the majority or a lot of women still worked once yep. they were married and had kids. Yeah. So how how were you meant to manage all that if you are managing the food, the food in, and the eating in your home as yeah. well as trying to parent yeah. and full time work? I mean, it's a it, we get it, and it seems to have taken a well more than a generation now to come full circle and be like ah, but there is an element of like where are you meant to find time for this, but. I think it is possible to eat in an unwasteful way without spending loads of extra time doing stuff. I think so. Yeah, it's just about being organised. But I'm super aware that I'm speaking from a really, really privileged, specific position where I live on my own, I don't have kids, I work, this is my job, this is what I do all day. Yeah, 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 fun. So if I can talk about making delicious things out of stuff, I can spend all day working on that and I can Mm. come up with ideas and stuff and... That's not the same for everybody. I haven't got to go and pick kids up from school. I haven't got to care for, you know, a relative. I haven't got to do mm. anything apart from simplifying that. I have got to do a lot of stuff. I have a job, yeah. a full-time job. But my job is thinking up ideas mm. and working with food all the time. So I see it as my kind of responsibility to, I'll put the legwork in, I'll make it easier for everyone else. I'll do the work. Well, this is it. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Thank God for bringing me back to it. <laughs> You're like the antidote for ADHD I didn't know I needed. Um, I feel very grateful to live in an era which our grandparents didn't have. And probably our parents, well, and our parents, my parents, we've got the internet. Yeah. And I every time I think, can I freeze rice? I Google it. And I know there'll be some misinformation on there and it's not like the news and it's not foolproof. But actually, you only need to read sort of three to five top lines to find the general consensus. Or go to someone that you trust, like, you know, BBC Food or whatever, someone, yeah. that, someone that you know they've actually done it and it's not just some random on a Reddit forum. But this is it as well. You also know whether you got ill or not. Like, I think there's an element of trial and error and presumably there's a fair bit of that in your work. Do you think to be someone who's successful as a leftover eater-upper and someone who impresses other people with what they do with leftovers... You have to be okay with a certain level of failure. I think you have to, to be a good comedian. (laughs) Um, Yes, I say you do. I would also, without wanting to sound like a dickhead, I don't have many things that go wrong. Okay. And that's because it's based in a decade-long learning process of knowing what works. I don't go into something completely clueless and be like... I wonder if this will work. Who knows? Let's go for it. Because I value what I'm working with. I value my money and my time too much. I'm not going to go and try something completely that that I've got no kind of background work. I'll do some reading around it. I'll see if other people have tried something. If they haven't, then I'll have a good understanding of why it might not have worked, what I might have to change to make it work. Mm -hmm. I very, very rarely have things go massively wrong. Okay. In food, like with um, new ideas, sometimes, and that's it. The times that I've, when things have gone wrong, it's because I've not taken the time to kind of think it through carefully first. Right. Okay. A bit. I am quite. Yeah. Let's just go for it. <laughs> um, but that kind of go for it has got a mm. foundation of knowledge underneath it, without wanting to sound like a. No, it's your job. It's your fa- of course. Like so, I think perhaps. Maybe I meant for the lay person like me who sort of learned on the hoof and never had it as their job. Yeah. I think for me, this sort of newfound desire, I love a recipe. Mm -hmm. I love having everything that's on the recipe. Okay. Just a little bit of me. I get over it, but some part of my wiring, Mm -hmm. personality-wise, you know, I'd have to deal with a little bit of glitching. Yeah. If I'm swapping a Razel Hanout for some of the red combination of spices yeah. is going, okay, God, get, get, cope with this. It's going to be, sure, it's going to be fine. When you start making something and then you find that you haven't got the right things in already and you don't want to buy more, or is it because you're wanting to experiment and play around? You don't want to buy more. Say goodbye and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 
I did a thing on Instagram a while ago um, where I emptied my fridge out, sorted everything out and put it all back in again. Ooh. And there, there's three shelves of condiments. And Ooh. I kind of had to preface it by saying, like, this is my workspace as well as my home. So this is, like, not yeah. a normal fridge. And I have to buy ingredients for when I'm recipe testing. So sometimes I have no choice. But I have mm. this ridiculous build-up and I kind of got everything out. And there was a lot of... Oh my God, thank God I'm not the only one in the comments yeah. because it's a common thing and try to find ways to use up because then I followed that up with a series of like using stuff up from the fridge. So if you've got one spoonful at the bottom of a jar of curry paste or you yeah. bought something for something and then what else are you meant to do with it? I feel like this is my superpower. You could tell me any ingredient and I'll be like, bang. Okay, well, we're, we're, we are going to have to do that then. That's the rest of the podcast, done. I, car- I might carry my computer down to my freezer. <laughs> I'd love that. We're just using this as a one-to-one set. It's a one-to-one yeah. freezer use-up therapy. All the for best. Me. All the best ideas start as a joke, and I'm going to have that on my gravestone. Yeah, I live by that line, and that's because when you're joking and you're pissing about, you stop caring so much, and you start free flow thinking. And every time I've had a really banging idea, it started off by going, "Ah, God, can you imagine if I?" Oh, actually, Ooh, <laughs> you turn yeah. your laptop down to your freezer and I can stand and help you. Oh, this is a <gasps> business idea. <laughs> it's going to up your cameos, if nothing else, Ellie. Ah, yeah. Um, I- <laughs> such a niche request. Most people want a birthday message. No, no, no. That's not what's happening here. I want you to marry Kondo, my freezer. and all. <laughs> Will you be my first client? Yes, of course I'll be your first client. I think that's oh what's happening, God, isn't it? it? Yeah. I love it. I can remember quite a bit that's in there. We'll Go do on, it. then. Okay, frozen rice. What, you've got some frozen I've rice I've got like in a there. whole Tupperware of frozen rice. Okay, so. brilliant. So if you're making egg fried rice, you need day-old rice. Like, it's so much better than making it with fresh. Great. So the rule with rice is that it needs to be piping hot, even if you then want to eat it cold. Right. So if you want to make a rice salad out of previously frozen rice... Mm-hmm. You need to nuke the hell out of it right. or steam it or however you're going to reheat mm. it, but make it super, super hot and then, you know, it's safe to eat and then you can cool it down again if you want to right. afterwards. You can only reheat it once. Right. So you couldn't, for example, make egg fried rice with it and then Have heat up those leftovers day. in the office. Yeah, so no, 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 no. When once. You, once you defrosted it, whatever you're doing with it, that's it. That's another reason why it's really good to freeze things in portions. Because mm. if you want, if you defrost all of that rice, you then have to eat all of it. Yeah. So one really good way with rice is to put it into Ziploc bags, make yeah. it flat. Then mm-hmm. you can like file it in the freezer like a filing cabinet. And then when you take it out, it will defrost very quickly because it's not a big, hard lump of frozen rice. Shut up. I'm going to do things in slabs. I, I did a slab of cold cannon yesterday. What is that again? Like, so mash with greens through it, but mm. I've made a Stilton cold cannon. Ooh. It's Stilton cold cannon, and I froze the leftovers in a Ziploc bag and flat. Whoa. And then I took it out of the freezer. I was feeling really unwell, and I just wanted comfort food. Mm. And I made up. <laughs> it was too dark to film. I, I film pretty much everything I make. Yeah. And that's why my rollover leftovers are truly reflective of the way that I cook at home. Love but it was it. late. It was dark because it gets dark so early in the winter. Mm. I had these leftovers and I thought, I'm not going to not make it because I can't film it because yeah. I really want this now. So I did a really badly lit, quick kind of snap of it and put it on my stories instead. But I took this Stilton Cold Cannon. And I heated it up. I added in a handful of frozen sweet corn mm. and some, I think I did some frozen spinach as well. Yummy. Microwaved it all together so it was all hot. And then I chucked in a tin of tuna, mixed it up more and put it under the grill. So it was like a gratin oh. tuna cheesy jacket potato. Tuna and blue cheese. Tuna, which I was Come like, on. the Italians would... Yeah, be upset. Lynch me. Yeah. yeah, they would be very upset. But it was a, the, a vibe of a sweet corn cheese and tuna jacket potato, <gasps> but flat with a very crispy top. And if you watch the video back, the sizzle when I took it out of the oven. Oh. I just sat on the sofa with it on my lap, so it kind of warmed me as well because the dish was hot. And I sat and I ate this thing, which I hadn't filmed, and it was one of the most delicious oh, leftover rollovers I've done. God. It was so good. You're accidentally making porn. Oh, my so mouth sick. has never watered this much when I've been this full. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so good! It was, and that was kind of a like 
no one's here, no one's watching. Yeah. This isn't going to look good. It's just going to be what I want. Yes. And I was going to make them in. So you've got leftover mash. It's really nice for making patties, fish cakes or whatever with. But it was a very wet mix. Right. And I thought if I try and make this into anything, it's just going to be a puddle. That's a good so, one, isn't it? So mash, get it out, so we, defrost it, turn it into fish cakes. Great yeah. idea. Or you could run some cheese and peas through it if you're a veggie. Smoked mackerel is really good. So mashed potato, flaked smoked mackerel, cream horseradish, um, oh. all mixed up together and made into patties. And then you can just flour them and, and fry them. But make sure if you're going to do that, make sure that the mash is not like fridge cold because then the middle won't heat through before the outside is burnt. At least at room temperature, at least. Or maybe even warm it a little bit yeah. and then mix it with everything else, make it into the patties and then don't make them too fat or else they'll never get hot in the middle fuck nobody wants a mackerel fish cake with a cold core no no one wants it with a cold cold heart <laughs> no open this soup yeah please oh god okay so the rice i'm getting it piping hot and then yeah. i'm gonna fry it with some eggs egg fried rice yeah and i'm gonna have maybe a bit of soy bit of spring onion keep it simple i've got an aubergine in the fridge put some miso on that roast it you know my um recently discovered aubergine knowledge yeah Tell me, please. Please me, tell us. You know, they soak up oil like nobody's business. I love that about them. I do, but, you know, 15 quid later, then (laughs) sucked it all up. I discovered recently that actually, if you want to do roast diced opium, which is crispy on the outside, soft on the inside, Mm. delicious, the best thing to actually do is to dice it and put it on a baking tray naked. Nude. Stick it in the oven and then, after it's already started charring, then drizzle it with some oil or flavouring, toss it with whatever and carry on. Shut up. What and are we talking, five minutes, ten minutes? It depends how hot your oven is. Just keep an eye on it and right. um, when oh. it's starting to crisp and then add the oil. That's like the mushroom hack. Yeah, the because mush- mushrooms are full of water as well, aren't they? So it's lovely to get sizzle all the water out of them before you add any fat to it. Roasted mushrooms are lovely. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look at that yummy soup. God, this is really spicy. <laughs> is it? I'd like it. I put a lot of the chilli crisp on it and it's really hot. Mm-hmm. I counted how many um, plants were in this soup that I made. Oh. And we're up to 20. Wow. 20 different plants Come in this soup. Come on. That's a lot, isn't it? That's amazing. Mm. Your microbiome's going to survive the apocalypse, isn't it? Exactly. After that soup. Love to hear a it. A cockroach in my gut. Yeah. <laughs> the last two things left just floating around in space. I love that thought. And I'm happy for you. What a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> and my gravestone with everything starts as a joke, Rin. Everything starts as a joke next to my gravestone that just says, hashtag justice for small holes. Um <laughs> Every partner I've ever had going, oh, I beg to differ. Did you, did you, did you meet her before or after she had kids? <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards.
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello lads, it's me interrupting my own podcast to share some of your best answers to my listener questions. If you don't know what I'm on about, please get over to at the Hoovering Pod on Instagram or on Twitter slash X, because every now and again I ask you a question. And the answers that we are going to be sharing, the best answers that we're going to be sharing in this episode are answers to the question... Tell me about some a time you ate something that you thought was something else. Oh my God, we're going to start with this WhatsApp voice note from Joe. I work in a cafe and a woman ordered the banana bread toasted with yoghurt and compote. We also have these dried apple chips that go on top. And there's a half a baked banana on the top of the banana bread. And <laughs> this woman bought it back to the kitchen and she said she, she, she thought there was a sausage and some crisps <laughs> banana bread <laughs> oh my god do you know what if I ordered a piece of banana bread for my breakfast and it did come with a sausage on I would be pleased I'd be pleased a bonus when is a sausage not a bonus um Yeah, I mean, that's one of the least gay things I've ever said. Um, Okay, we also had these incredible answers to that question. Vanessa on Instagram says, At a house party in my mid-twenties, early hours of the morning, picked up a bottle of beer that still had beer in it, took a big, enthusiastic swig in celebration that I was one of only a small handful, still going strong, only the beer wasn't beer. Someone had pissed in the bottle. Oh, God, Vanessa. That is the stuff of nightmares. That is the stuff of yellow liquid nightmares. Ah, I thought it was bad. I've had that thing where, like, at the end of a house party, back in the day, where you are rough. You are a ghost of your former self, where I have sipped from something that turned out to have dog ends in it. But I think this actual human piss is worse okay esther on instagram uh, she says i am a face painter and i accidentally made a paint water the same color as my glass of juice and i took a sip similarly i also took a sip from a bottle of water that turned out to be bubble fluid (laughs) this is the last sentence of this that makes it one of my favorites ever sent in she says being a kid's entertainer is treacherous work (laughs) Fantastic, fantastic. Chalky, chalky, soapy drinks you've had there, Esther. Oh, my crumbs. Thank you so much for these brilliant answers. More coming. Um, if you think, oh, but you haven't used mine. And there are more coming in future episodes. Thank you. Thank you for your contributions. Do keep an eye on the socials so that we can keep um, sharing these things. It's a really joyful bit of the episode for me. Talking of which, let's get back into this lovely conversation with Ellie Pear. I had a jar of rose harissa paste that had been in my fridge for so long, but was fine. What I started doing with it that's turned out to be a mega hit. And my kid is eight and when he loves something, he goes hard for it for months and it's brilliant. And then he'll suddenly decide he doesn't bloody like it, but it's because he's overdone it. And he's asked for it tomorrow. So for breakfast, two soft boiled eggs. Yeah. We've always got a load of Greek yoghurt in this house because it gets plopped in things that are too spicy for everyone except me a lot Mm -hmm. so it's just a sort of a small bowl of yogurt and then you melt butter tip the harissa rose in with that so you've got this smoke yeah turkish eggs killed beer it's called isn't it yes yeah 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 but i mean i probably bastardize it with sort of handful of seeds so there's a crunchy element yeah and a, a slice of really like a blooming lovely proper buttery toast so you've double buttered so you can't yeah. go wrong there you're putting butter in yogurt yeah a good whack of salt do you go br- do you go brown butter or is, is mixing the um harosa in enough it depends whether i've leave it on there for a bit too long by accident and then pretend it was on purpose yeah. <laughs> but cook the butter fry the butter until it's got a bit it. na- a burn was it i did 
Yeah, where it's gone a bit nutty and brown. That would be a good shout. Does that bring out, make it even smokier? Yeah, so I would do, yeah, yogurt. And then and if people are nervous about poached eggs, that's a really good mm. place to use like a six-minute egg. Yeah. So boil it, but for six minutes, so it's like a ramen egg, right? Yeah. And then you can cut it in half and sit it on the yogurt. Yeah. Drizzle it with the brown butter, a little bit of um, Paul Bibert, you know, mm. uh, Aleppo pepper, um, and then, uh, yeah, toast. Fit. Absolutely love it. And if you haven't specifically got Aleppo pepper, can you yep. just use any dried chilli? It would be very different. Oh. Because Aleppo pepper is like... It's very mild, isn't it? It's milder. Yeah. It's mild, yeah. it's not spicy, but it's got a lovely warmth. Mm. And actually, I think if you didn't have... Like a little bit of smoked paprika mm. probably be a good supplement. I've got that. I'm going to add that because I think the only yeah. thing is, because it was rose harissa and not normal, it's not enough smokiness to it for me. He likes it because it's a bit sweet. Right, this is going to up your game. Have you got any tahini in the house? Yeah, always. Okay, one of my absolute favourite things that I use in all sorts of ways, and it mm. would be really good here, is a spoonful of tahini mixed into Greek yogurt. Mm. And you mix, 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 and something weird happens, and it suddenly goes like the yogurt thickens, it like mm. seizes up a bit and goes shiny and glossy. And then you can smear that on the plate and put the eggs on top of it. So you've got like tahini, oh, sesame yogurt. Does it matter Drink. if your tahini is like lost its looseness and gone a bit rock hard i hate that it's taken me too long to get down the jar yeah and then you try and mix it in and you're just splashing the oil around and the bottom is rock hard it's a whole upper body workout (laughs) who needs the gym yeah i stirred some tahini today (laughs) yeah oh god i should ask you the questions i ask everyone but what do I do with the blue? I've got a whole Stitchleton in my freezer. What am I doing with that? <gasps> what a dream. I know. Christmas was generous. Yeah. And I couldn't get through it's it. It's one of my favourite cheeses. I love it. Mm. I would say the best, if you've got leftover cheese, mm. you can make the cheese bag of dreams, yeah. which is basically throw the cheese, hard cheese I'm talking about, yeah. throw the cheese in the food processor, mm. all the different cheeses together, and just pulse it. And so you've got like rubble, cheese rubble, mm. and then stick it in a freezer bag, file it flat with all the other flat things that you've got. And then whenever you're making any cheese product, if it's cauliflower cheese, macaroni cheese, cheese sauce, whatever, yeah. none of those things are going to be any worse off by having a mixture of mm. random in fact they'll be way better so when you make cauliflower cheese can you imagine if it's like okay mostly some cheddar or whatever you've got and then it's got hints of like the christmas stitchleton and some Yum. the color from some red leicester or you know whatever you've got and you've got your own bespoke cheese mix yeah. and because it's frozen you can cook from frozen so you just open that Ziploc bag, tip out the ready-grated... It makes it so yeah. much easier. Cause into the crumb sauce. or into the roux. And, yeah. You don't need to get the grater out, big hole or little hole. Yeah. Just straight from the freezer, mm-hmm. um, tip it in, all the mixed-up frozen rubble of cheese, and then crack on. Come on. Nothing's wasted. Oh. Dinner is quicker. Yep. You've got a more delicious thing because it's a mixture of cheeses. Mm. Everyone's like, how did you do this? And you're like, I could never, re- I could never repeat it because... Who knows what cheese is in there? Yeah. It's fine. Great. And you can top it up and mix it, you know, add a bit of parmesan in to make it even more, you know, intensely cheesy. Amazing. And, and nothing will get wasted. Oh, my God. Heaven. And if you've already frozen the Stitchleton, yeah. you'll still be able to, like, ha- have you got a food processor? Yeah. I crumbled it before I put it in. I didn't oh, put perfect. it in in a triangle, but I didn't perfect. turn it to dust or make it a slab. No, just you want to like pulse it so that you've got like yeah. And actually, doing it from frozen, you'll probably get better, a better chunks. Little crumb. <laughs> I want to before I get into my normal silly questions. I have to make time for a few of them. So we've talked a lot about all the fun things you can do. Oh, fun things made me sound a bit children's TV presenter. All the doable <laughs> things possible at home, living with a family, living on your own, whatever. Like in terms of eating up your leftovers and. You know, I think a lot of people talking about the simplest way to tackle food waste is to eat what you buy, right? So yeah. we've got we covered that. Yeah. Say, let's say we've covered that. What about like the bigger picture in terms of, um, I don't know, reduction of food waste on a grander scale? Would you say it's as important for us to be 
lobbying our councils about better food waste provision or contacting your supermarket you use if they're still putting more packaging than you'd like on the things you buy regularly. Is that stuff as valuable as making sure you've frozen any cheese you're not going to eat in time? Of course. And I think that for, you know, for the government and for industry it's easy to say you know this is i haven't got the stats in front of me but food waste comes from all different sources it comes from people not finishing their crusts on their bread or cutting off their cauliflower leaves and binning them it comes from food being wasted in restaurants on plates and you know serving up bigger portions than people can eat and stuff being binned it happens at source as well in you know, supermarkets rejecting things that they shouldn't be rejecting. And so any projects that are encouraging increased yield from what's already been produced is great. Yeah. So any sort of wonky veg. I worked with a company recently and they rescue baked products at source. Wow. Things like crumpets and flatbreads and stuff will come off the production line and not be perfect enough for the supermarket, but they are absolutely fine. Yeah. And so this company whips those things away and i actually reckon they get to the consumer fresher than you get them at the supermarket because they haven't gone through that middleman um and you get a box delivered with like wonky veg and baked things that you can freeze pita breads crumpets pike clips all sorts of things and so there's lots of opportunities for us to save food from being wasted but yeah the responsibility does not lie on us however when the world feels very depressing and stressful and like there's no hope Mm. there are certain things that you can do in your own home that make you feel like you're making a difference to stuff also it's empowering you feel like you're making a difference you are making a difference actually because Mm. also especially if you're talking about what you're doing in a kind of in a you know non-judgmental but like proud way because you've discovered this like fun exciting delicious stuff then you're influencing I suppose other people like it's really valuable I mean I don't I don't mean that from the point of view of like you know I'm only one person what's the point that's not where I'm coming from at all I just mean I think in terms of climate justice generally we're obviously now at a point where I feel if I am going to talk about these small these individual level actions I also need to talk about the bigger picture as well and like I think let your let your take on that colour who you vote for let your take on that colour where you shop if you and and lots of these things are a privilege and I also use you know I use Oddbox who are brilliant in terms of rescuing monkey boy but that's a privilege it's flipping it is expensive I do think it's a bit more expensive and so many people are in a not in that position but everybody's in a position to vote and everybody's in a position to talk to the people who they'd like to vote for about what they're doing about food waste and you know climate impact generally in their area so I just wanted to bring it up on that level really just in the way that which you can think what's the point I'm just one person but actually you've got a voice um it's one of the major upsides of social media is one we can find you can ask a question to Instagram you google you know you can say what can i do i've got three pairs what am i going to do one of them's yeah yeah you know and then but, and you think, what would ellie but, do yeah what would ellie do and we've also got we've got direct access not that they'll necessarily reply but if because if 10 people listen to this who are as annoyed as me that you can't get the pouches of really lovely whole grain and rice and quinoas and stuff in little it i've stopped buying them because they if most other supermarkets do them in a bag you can recycle but theirs is unrecyclable so I was like well I'm not going to buy them until they change that but if if I tweet them I'm sure nothing would happen but if 500 people tweet them yeah. I bet it would voting with our votes and with our wallets uh, yeah. and not, not supporting businesses that aren't doing everything they can to reduce food waste yeah 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 what? Talk to me about eating growing up. Did you always love it? Always. Yeah. Always, always, always. Food is my life. I don't know what else to to say about my kind of origin story. It's always been a really, really important thing to me. Yeah. Did you have a parent who cooked that modelled? Not at all. Really? I'll stop you there. <laughs> Not at all. People talk about, oh, I learned to cook with my mum or baking with my grandma. Not at all all we ate really really well and we got like you know families decide to spend their money on different things and and as kids we were really we used to get go to restaurants quite a lot 
that was something nice. that my parents liked to do. And so we'd be going to pet restaurants since we were little kids. And um, the whole thing around hospitality and restaurants and eating and joy and all of those things is so important to me. And I actually got a job when I was 17 in a restaurant that we'd been going to you know, since we were little kids and I just thought all my dreams had come true. Like I got to be part of this world that I just thought was so glamorous and exciting. And like, you know, you get to be there when people are celebrating and having fun. And I just, that's what I absolutely love about restaurants and food. Do you know what? That's a lovely answer. And you've reminded me of my first ever job was also, it was in a pub that just did pizzas in cardboard boxes. Yeah. It was 50p an hour. It was the ferry boat in Swanage and Dorset. I was 11. Pretty sure that's not illegal. I was paying £1.50 an hour at my first yeah. job. Yeah. And I did, I did eventually end up £1.50 an hour as a chambermaid. <laughs> I, it was me and a girl called Selena. And my dad reminded me of this recently. And um, when they first said to us, an adult will take the pizza out the oven and put it in these box. And then you put the pizza on the table. And um, Selena took that. Selena took I know what's literally, coming. and she would carry the cardboard box over the table and slide the pizza out, slide the pizza out onto the table. Oh, oh my god! Oh, Selena! <laughs> oh my god! Now. Oh, where is she now? Where is she now, Selena? Hope you're doing well. That memory brought me great joy, Selena. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have? A food that you hated that now you love. And what happened? Um, yeah, me and my sister used to call coriander cori. <laughs> Couldn't even get the words out. <laughs> but I just, you know, like like you're meant to do with little kids, you just keep trying. And then, yeah. you know, some, like, there's this, you know, scientific proof about people liking or not liking. I use so much coriander in my cooking now and eat it and love it and everything all the time. And I don't actually know if I ever hated it. I think I kind of, like just presumed that I didn't like it and kind right. of avoided it. And then yeah. one day I was like, actually, it's really delicious. Um, so, yeah, I remember clearly when I came to university, setting myself the challenge of of liking red wine because I didn't when I started uni. And I was like, as part of the next three years, I need to make sure that I finish liking red wine. And, yeah, I did that. Tick that. Well one. done. Yeah. Really proud of you. It's good to have high aims, isn't it? In life. Yes. Yeah. Achievable goals. <laughs> Great. Is there ever a food that you've used as anything other than food, like a weapon or a doorstop? <laughs> what do you mean? Has, has someone told you about my baking? No. When I was little, I used to have a friend called Harry who was exactly the same age as me. I think our mums, I know our mums have met at antenatal classes and his mum, Helen, used to look after both of us while my mum was working and she would pick us up from nursery and look after us, sometimes just take us for a ride on the circle line or whatever, look after us, find ways to amuse two toddlers. And she used to let us bake and we used to just make stuff up as we went along and just like literally, you know, just throw things, like mud pie, but with real ingredients, but like not expensive things, just like some flour and whatever. And sometimes it used to turn out amazingly. And a few years later as a teenager, I made a cake that was so hard that we used it as a doorstop. (laughs) (gasps) Just as a joke. Amazing. it's forever gone uh, down in history as my daughter. I can't believe I get my sort of, my guess scenario, my yeah. demonstration is you've actually achieved that. I didn't know what you were that. I thought someone's told you about my cake. Really? God, what a well-researched podcast if I'd actually gone digging dirt with your real family. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, my baking is not my strong point. I, I do bake sometimes and actually this cake here is my absolute triumph mm. but baking you can't just throw things in and play around and that's no. how i like to cook so yeah. you've got to be a bit more careful and organized you'll see a video if you go back on my um instagram to just before christmas i wanted to make some mini mince pies i started filming them and the process while i was going and basically massively overfilled them they all exploded oh. everywhere and they looked absolutely horrendous but <laughs> nothing that a bit of icy sugar couldn't fix and Perfect. the fact is 
It is the thought that counts with baking. If someone yeah. makes you something, can you imagine someone presenting you with something they've baked and being anything other than just delighted? Like, it yeah. doesn't matter if it's shit. That's it's, such it's, a good point. It's completely not the point. If it's a lovely cake, yeah. then bonus. But the yeah. joy is that you've done it. So, yeah, I gave some a plate of mini mince pies to my neighbour, the particularly ugly ones I ate myself. And, yeah, I'd made I love it. And I just wanted to, like, use it up. And I... I should have just, you know, paused and stopped and not gone hell for leather like I tend to do, but they all... Well, they sound delish. Yeah. Actually, you recently made some Portuguese custard tarts with some leftover custard you had and a yeah. the tiniest bit of um, pastry. Yeah. So impressed. I've um, not done that, but I, in in ode to that, I've, um, I've bought a custard tart this morning oh, from my local one. baker. Oh, she's pretty, isn't she? Quick fire questions. What's the sweetest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a massive sweet. Some American drink, probably. Yeah, fair play. Would you rather have to eat a tricycle (laughs) or three separate sickles? (laughs) Wow. Okay, I'm I'm picturing that... uh, a sickle would be easier to swallow. Okay. So I'm going to go, yeah, three small bites. Great. <laughs> Tell me about the last time you pretended to love something you didn't actually like. It was quite a long time ago, but it's a very distinctive memory. My best mate was living in China for about a decade, and I mm. went over to go and visit, and we went up into Sichuan province, like really in the middle of nowhere. She speaks absolutely fluent Mandarin, which is amazing. Wow. And these guys were Tibetan, and so they were both speaking a you know second language. Communication was challenging, but we were staying in a homestay, and they were presenting us with what they viewed as a real amazing treat and they gave us yak milk and trying to be polite in somebody's house when I don't know if you've ever tried yak milk it's the most disgusting thing I've ever tried to swallow <laughs> oh God. we were there for a few a couple of days and the idea of having to try and you know keep a, a smile on and say thank you and swallow this and so when my friend managed to communicate that it's just i'm not used to it you know she's she's not used to it um and they said but if we haven't got that all we've got is like black tea and i was like yes please (laughs) black tea would be great (laughs) and then no more yak milk after that but that is the most i've ever had to kind of try to smile and say thank you while swallowing something absolutely disgusting for me fantastic but for them it was a you know they were trying to give their guests a nice treat so yeah a lovely yeah a delicacy yeah five second rule yes or no absolutely yes fine no other option would you eat a person depends who it is last but not least uh tell me about a food that you won as a prize or were given as a gift oh at easter last year i got sent a gift of a Easter egg, but it was from a coffee company and they'd made a chocolate egg. Like, um, they call it like blonde chocolate. I don't like white chocolate generally, but blonde chocolate is like caramac sort of vibe, but more nothing. Yeah. Um, But with coffee through the chocolate. And I ate the whole thing in one go. (laughs) I broke it up, planning to kind of like spread it out. Down the hatch. Whoa, I absolutely yeah. love anything coffee flavoured, and my kind of one of my missions in life. I'm forever looking for the ultimate coffee ice cream. That's like my. <gasps> Me too. Have you found a good one? I love coffee ice cream so much. Love it. Love it. There's love a it. place called Fortes in Swanage in Dorset that's open most of the year, and that does a pretty lovely coffee flavoured chocolate. Mm-hmm. But I've can't remember the last time I had it alone. I want it next to their salted caramel, which is Ooh. their like really famous one. Now it's time for the A donkey comes second in a donkey pageant and the bitterness turns her evil. She conspires with a wizard to curse us all with a new special kicking curse. We basically all kick each other constantly, so it really hurts. It's very bruised, there's a lot of broken legs. They're higher up broken bits as well when people are good at kicking. We're so tired, and even though normal functions are just so hard, at first it's funny, even though sport is ruined, but quickly society breaks down. Imagine the state of schools, and we won't even get into what's happening in hospitals. Anyway, luckily, 
it's all agreed to have never happened, but only if you, and with it does have to be you, Ellie, agree to bring in all the just collected bins for everyone in Norfolk without any breaks or help at all, and the whole time singing the entire works of Celine Dion, but in the style of the Beastie Boys. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. You've gone down in history as a person who saved us all from a kicking apocalypse. Your reward is the adulation of all people for all time. You're held up as a deity really, in history. But your reward in the moment, and bear in mind that was exhausting, no one could even give you snacks because of all the singing, your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. This is the opposite of a last meal, because you couldn't be happier and you couldn't be hungrier. I also have to say I'm aware this is only your answer now. If I'd asked you in a couple of hours' time, it could be a different answer. Right now, what is your answer to, if you were the happiest and hungriest you can imagine being, because you've just done all that, what would you have? Wow. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. No, I'm going to go for crab and chips. Yes. Um, I would like a crab that has been dressed, so all the work's been done. Not after all that bin lifting in Norwich. I'm not. I'm not picking no. crab. I want oh, you're to, not cooking this. No, I want. It, no, I don't. I don't even you. want to be presented yeah. with a whole crab. I want it to be dressed and prepared, so all the meat is. Picked you can have someone there to feed it to you if you want. Oh, nice. That's that's a bonus. Yeah. Um, and I would have fries, very, very hot mm. and um, rapidly replenished. So a yeah. small bowl that just keeps being refilled. Um, some lemon mayonnaise, I think. Mm. And then I would dip the chips and probably pick up some crab in the same yeah. Mouth, finger, bowl, into the lemon mayonnaise and then lick my fingers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have. Fucking yes. Yes. Do you want to drink with it? Yeah, I'd go for a Fino sherry, I think. Yeah, that would be my dream drink. Wow. What pudding? What, could I have a pudding? Oh, okay. pudding? You could have what you want. It's a fantasy. Okay. I think I would probably, it would be something chocolate, but not very sweet. Some sort of, yeah, chocolate something. They did a pudding. There's a restaurant in Bath called Beckford Canteen. And it's not a canteen at all. It's a very fancy restaurant, but I absolutely love it. And I went there for my birthday last year. And they did a pudding that was just layer upon layer of textures and flavours. And it was basically kind of chocolatey and creamy. Mm. And just uh, every mouthful was different things and it was just the sort of thing that I would never ever ever dream of making at home and that's why I always look for when I go out you know I always want to order things that I would make at home because I'm cooking all day every day so something really clever and special is what I go for in a restaurant some sort of multi-textured layered pudding would be my dream lovely some hot elements some cold elements something crunchy something creamy Oh, fit. Yeah, you really took me there. What a special <laughs> moment we've had. <laughs> Hoovering Podcast. Justice for small holes. And I need you to know that I made the sexiest egg fried rice I've ever had out of the cooked rice in my freezer by taking all of Ellie's amazing advice. What an absolute sizzler of an episode. I can really picture that small bowl of never-ending fries. I'm sure you already follow Ellie on Instagram where you can find her latest Guardian and Waitrose articles. But if not, get on it. She's at Ellie Pear. That's P-E-A-R, like the fruit. Penultimately, one last reminder to come and see me on tour doing my new show, Metal, and to stream my last show, please, Wench. And do you know what? I mentioned my nana being my food waste avoidance kind of inspiration hero. Well, my last surviving nana, also known as Irene, also known as Gigi, she died earlier this month in her mid-90s. So this mission that I'm on to bring all the latest food waste avoidance warriors into your ears via this podcast, that nana is in honour of you. Follow us on social media at The Hoovering Pod. I'm on at Jessica Foster Send us voice notes, pictures, WhatsApps to 07462 855 271. Email us, thehooveringpod at gmail.com. I'll be storing all your beautiful offerings up and discussing them in future episodes. Keep an eye on our social media for any specific questions and topics that we'll be asking you to contact us about. 
Links to everything interesting mentioned today are, as ever, in the podcast notes. Hoovering is presented and created by me, Jessica Fosterkew, and it was produced by Laura Grimshaw. Until in two weeks, happy hoovering. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.